So, you may know this, it came as a surprise to me, because I'd never really thought about it before, that zeal and jealousy are very, very closely related. And uh, uh, I'm not particularly a, a jealous person. You know, I would, uh, I'd see somebody eyeing Cynthia at the mall and I'd be like, that's right. You know, and whereas, you know, most people, most guys, their palms start sweating and clenching their fists and I'm like, yeah, that's right. Lucky me. <laughs> then she goes off to college looking all pretty and, uh, you know, just to deal with these, like, young men, you know, in her classes and stuff. And I found that I was jealous. Like, who is this guy? I want to beat him down. <clears throat> I may be old, but I'm not dead. But, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of a relief to find that I actually did have some jealousy hidden down in there somewhere because I always thought, what is the matter with me? But, I mean, you know. Uh, I, I remember running into some people that I went to school with uh, a year or two after high school, and uh, I had Cynthia with me, and I was like, "That's right, look at me." <laughs> like, who's jealous now? But uh, so I suppose that kind of just carried on over the years. But uh, you know, it's like when you you send somebody out without you, and they look so nice, and like, man. Find yourself being jealous, but you know the the and the thing is is that God is jealous. Uh, in Exodus 34, uh, after uh, the uh, uh, Moses broke the first set of uh, commandments, the first tablets of stone, uh, in his uh, fury and disgust at the uh, uh, how quickly uh, Israel had drifted, I like how. How God tells Moses, he's like, he says, you know, the, this this people that you brought out of Egypt has already, you know, it's like, you know, when your wife calls you and said, do you know what your son did today? You you know, you already know how the conversation is going to go. My son, okay. Um, so you know, Moses breaks the tablets and everything, and you know, of course, God's thinking, okay, do you feel better now? But uh, he tells him, you know, I want you to make another set of tablets. I want you to come on up again to the mountain. We're going to do this again. And uh, and it's interesting because, you know, of course, the first commandment is, you know, she'll have another gods before me. And uh, and it's interesting because, you know, he he, talked, he, he lists these things off uh, pretty rapid fire in Exodus 20. In Exodus 34, he kind of takes a little more time to talk about these things. And and in the course of talking about, I don't want you to have any other gods before me, uh, he says, my name is Jealous. So, so God, he, he says his very name is, is Jealous. And the interesting thing about jealousy is it's it can mean envy. It can mean even a sense of distrust. Um, you know, if you think that somebody is unfaithful to you it makes you feel jealous in this kind of homicidal sort of way. And uh, 
but uh, uh, another important way that we use the word jealousy, um, particularly for what we're talking about today, is a sense of fierce protectiveness. You know, when you, uh, you know, and and there there is that sense of the guy eyeing your your wife or your girlfriend at the mall. You have this sort of fierce protectiveness of, I will tear out your eyeballs, you know, and, uh, but, uh, and so, uh, and so, so then jealousy is this fierce protectiveness, and zeal is, is closely related to it in the sense that it is, um, uh, fervor or enthusiasm in the pursuit of of a cause, and so uh, you know, zealot is, is a word that has kind of a negative connotation uh, in you know society in general. But it's not such a bad thing to be a, a zealot, to be a, a fanatic, to be zealous. Um, go with me to John chapter two. You know, he. Uh, it's interesting though that that he he says. My my name is jealous. And you know, I was reading. Probably spent a little more time than was prudent uh, in the news this week. And uh, you know, I use one of those uh, news apps that lets you kind of customize the topics that you're interested in and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I keep coming across these these articles about. That, you know that that they're they're tagged topic wise religion or Christianity or theology, and you see the people even people that are defending Christianity in the news and and in society. It's like you just kind of want to you know not helping. Yeah. It's like stop. <laughs> and uh, and the things that people say is just. I read this article about this this guy that was it was an opinion piece, obviously, but the things that he, that he could just get by with saying because, after all, he's he doesn't like Christians was astounding to me. He was talking about this astronaut that was uh, sent to the International Space Station, and this guy was just incensed that they would send somebody who was a creationist into space. You know, and uh, and he said that uh, if we learned anything from Ben Carson running for president, it was that you could be a brilliant neurosurgeon and a complete idiot at the same time. And I wanted to just break my phone in pieces while I'm reading this article. But how can you get by with saying that? You know, and the, but what's funny to me is that, you know, you can say Ben Carson's an idiot because he's a Christian, but you know, if you you pick some, you know, if you. I uh, want to say that uh, what's his name, Richard Hawkins, or whatever. If you want to say that he's an idiot, you know the the theory of everything guy, then people look at you like, "Are you crazy? He's a genius." Uh, you know, one of my favorite holidays is coming up here in a week or two. Uh, National Atheists Day is on April first. <laughs> because the fool has said in his heart, "There is no God." All his thoughts are, "There is no God." One of my favorite holidays, but see, if if I put that in the news, people would be like, "Oh, you bigot!" You know. And I'm thinking, "Big what?" 
really big man on campus, big cool guy, what? Big at what? Um, you know, in, in Elijah's day, the whole of the Jewish religion had been uh, just corrupted and turned on its side. And uh, it's interesting because when Jezebel threatens Elijah, you know, she's like, I'm going to kill you, destroy you. He, he runs away. He goes to Mount Horeb, the Mount of God. And it's interesting because God asks him twice, what are you doing here? And, and both times he says, I'm jealous for the Lord God. You know, and I was thinking about that. I was flipping through these news articles, and I was like, I am jealous. I was like reading this article about, I don't know, there's just so many of them. But you, you, like I said, you see these things where people are even trying to defend Christianity to the the general, you know, public or whatever, and and you just want to make them stop. Like you, you don't even know what you're talking about. This like this is so backwards. Like, I appreciate you being on my side, but why don't you let somebody that knows what they're talking about do the talking? <laughs> you know. uh, we we had somebody work with us once, and we were uh, in this spot where we hadn't been paid from Brandon Woods for a long time. And, and this guy kept telling us, like, why don't you let me talk to these guys in the office? Like... And, and he would do so good for such a long time, you know, because he, he'd be like, you know, I'd, he'd pull on his best professional thing and be like, you know, it's like we've been doing all this work for you, it's this good quality work here, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's about time that we got paid for this, the stuff that we're doing. You know, we, we, our uh, accounts receivable has gotten up to X amount of dollars, and, and right about there, it would always change, like, and we ain't, and then the expletives came out, you know, and... <laughs> And it was just so funny, but it's like, this is why you're not doing the talking. <laughs> as amusing as it would be to, to turn you loose on the suits in the office, I don't think that would be a good idea. Because I do want to get paid for this stuff eventually. But, but anyway, so, uh, you know, an interesting thing about, about zeal then is... Uh, uh, there are several places throughout the Old Testament where uh, God pronounces something that He's going to do for His people or to His people, and uh, and then and He concludes it with the zeal of the Lord of Hosts will perform this. So so um, you know here we we see Elijah has this jealousy for for God and for the truth and and seeing the. The, the skewed stuff that was going on in his day. And you also see, on the other hand, God is jealous over his people and, and, and over his own name because, after all, his name is on us. Okay. We all love it when some relative that has the same last name has, you know, kind of, you, you sort of want to step over here. Like, well, I, I just married into the family or, like, you know, it's like, well, they're not really blood relatives or whatever, you know. There's nothing like having somebody that shares your name uh, make you look bad. And uh, but you know the thing is, is, is uh, you know God's not afraid of having somebody that that looks a little rough around the edges have his name because he knows how to fix it. And and uh, and so and that's one of those things that he talks about that the zeal of God is going to perform this. And and we're going to get to some of that in a bit. But in John chapter two. 
And it's interesting because everywhere and in all of the other three gospels, this story happens on towards the end at the the last feast Passover, where when Jesus goes up to Jerusalem to be crucified. But here in John, he puts it at the beginning. <clears throat> Not exactly sure why, but you know, look into that. And as the, and the Jews Passover, verse thirteen was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen, and he poured out the changers' money and he overthrew their tables. Excuse me. And he said to them that sold the doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered it was written, The zeal of thine house has eaten me up. So, uh, which is, of course, from Psalm 69. And uh, you see a few different places in the Psalms where he talks about being consumed by zeal in, in both places. And in 69, and I believe it's in 119, he talks about it in the context of uh, everything being sideways, everything that people not not dealing right, and people the you know people speaking evil of God or 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 not uh, uh, not representing the the truth of God, <clears throat> and so uh, so the zeal of thine house has eaten me up because and and I like the way he says that has eaten me up. Yeah, Cons- you know, because obviously, you know, there's this sense of being consumed by this 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 enthusiasm for this cause. But, uh, you know, in, in English, we use that phrase to, you know, that really just eats me up, you know. And that's how I felt reading those news articles. I felt this sense of jealousy, and I was like, that just eats me up inside. I just want to take this guy and strangle him. <laughs> and uh, and it's funny how human nature can't hardly. See somebody uh, maligning your intelligence. You know, because I, I grew up with that kind of stuff and, and I, I kind of learned to just, you know, push it off. But, uh, and it's funny because the more you see that stuff in the news and the, when you know that you know that you're right and you, you read these articles about these people just pronouncing this complete garbage as if it were, uh, as if you would have to be an idiot to not believe it. It just eats you up. But uh, so Jesus uh, had this zeal then for the house of God. He was uh, he had this fervor and enthusiasm for the house of God and for it to be uh, a house of prayer, not a house of merchandise. Uh, but he was jealous because uh, <clears throat> like you, you're not going to come in here and take this. You know this holy thing that's a that's a, a love relationship, and and simply make it a uh, a cash transaction, and uh, and so uh, that must have been an interesting day to be at the temple. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild, with his cat of nine tails, overturning the furniture. You know, and I, I'm sure he raised his voice a bit. <clears throat> and uh, so, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing to see that. But that, that sense of 
jealousy over the house of God is, is exactly what God uh, wants us to have because uh, um, you know they, there is such a, a, a vast difference in uh, what we're talking about here versus what you see in the the Western Church as a whole, mm-hmm. and and it like like I said it, it's it's about like listening to to the atheists uh, talk about how stupid you must be to not believe in evolution, yeah. and, and 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 yet you you see that same sort of thing when when you hear people talk about uh, what you know kind of the, the prevailing thinking of the Western Church now it kind of makes you feel that same sort of what you know and uh, which I think is how uh, Elijah must have felt, because you would see through uh, Israel's history how the 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 worship of God would be corrupted just a bit at a time, and a bit at a time, especially in the days of the judges, uh, until nobody knew which was which anymore. It was just sort of all the same. And Christianity has done the same thing. I don't know how many times. Uh, I've had people look at me funny because they know I'm a Christian and I can care less about Easter. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, right. uh, yeah. you know, it's like uh, I, I've gotten plenty of raised eyebrows because I don't have a Christmas tree because the Christmas tree don't make me excited for nothing. And, uh, you know, and, I, and it, it's hard, you know, because my, my parents have always been very kind of the supportive type. Do what you want to do. I'll support you kind of, kind of people. Um, but it's hard because it's like they they want to you know get down with me being a Christian and you know so it's like they want to get my kids you know Easter baskets full of grass and like fake grass that gets everywhere and like you know little like little chocolate eggs with crosses on it and stuff and I'm like well yeah I guess but you know and and I don't make an issue of it with them typically but uh, you know we and I certainly have talked about those things with them before but when you study. And you, and you probably know this when you look into the uh, the origins of the Christian holidays in our calendar. Most of them come from the Catholic Church trying to come up with some sort of substitution for the things that you find uh, in the uh, the uh, heathen religious practices of medieval Europe. Like you know, Christmas is when Christmas is because of the winter solstice. And 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 the tree comes from that very thing, and uh, uh, you know Easter, you know it's like the, the the bunny is all about fertility and all this stuff. It's like, what does a bunny have to do with the resurrection? You know what I'm saying? Like it kills me. It 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 just eats me up when you drive by this church and they're advertising a big Easter egg hunt. It's like bring the kids. It's like, okay. It's like. What does that have to do with anything, you know? And it's like, you know, and I, I talk to my kids about the difference in those things. Like, you know, we celebrate Christmas, but it's a secular holiday. Right. Like, it's a it's a holiday about giving. It's a holiday about family. Uh, it is not about the birth of Jesus. Right. And uh, uh, and it's it's fine to talk about it. It's fine to understand those things, but that's not yeah. what this particular day on the calendar is about. And uh, but it's funny because then people look at you really funny, you know. And uh, <clears throat> but this sense of jealousy 
uh, and uh, and zeal. Uh, in Isaiah 59, the Bible says that. Uh, well, let me just read it. I was kind of headed over that direction anyway. <coughs> And this isn't in my notes, so this is free. So you are welcome. Uh, in Isaiah 59, uh, um, wow, okay, how about 12? For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. Our transgressions are with us, as for our iniquities we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Sounds like the Western church. And judgment is turned away backward. Justice stands afar off. Sounds like America. Truth has fallen in the streets and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth fails. He that departs from evil makes himself a prey. And uh, the Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation to him and his righteousness it sustained him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. So, uh, you know, the thing is, is uh, that uh, that zeal is like... Uh, uh, it, it's almost like kind of having a having a coat on when it's cold out. You know, it's like you know, you say what you want. That's okay. I'm I'm good with that because I am I'm jealous for the the truth of God. Skip over with me to Isaiah 62, which is actually where I was going. <clears throat> I'm gonna read one through seven. For Zion's sake. I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burns, and the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall name, and you shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of, of thy God. You shall no more be turned forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be turned desolate. But you shall be called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah, for the Lord delights in thee, and thy land shall be married. For as the young man marries a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. So that's good. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. And I like that uh, in the in the margin. It says, "Ye that are the Lord's remembrancers, keep not silence." See, where did those cool words like that go? Remembrancer. You know, uh, um, in uh, in Malachi, you know, jealousy is uh, uh, certainly uh, uh, a theme of the book of Malachi. God, God was jealous for His name and His house, and uh, and jealous over His people's uh, love and and allegiance, and uh, and He talked about those people who talked about Him often, that that, he, that they would be His jewels, and so 
uh, he has this, you know, this zeal. I like how he talks about as a young man marries a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. Because you want to see somebody who has fervor and enthusiasm for a cause. Talk to a young man who is engaged. You know, I, uh, I remember, you know, you know, something I just had her anniversary recently, and uh, I got her a new ring and everything. And uh, it was funny because we were—I was really disgusted when we were at the the jewelry store, and the lady put the little diamond tester thing on her old ring, and it was plastic. <laughs> I was so disgusted because somebody gave me this stone, and and you know, but at the time, <clears throat> back in 1999. <clears throat> You know, I I could have I would have been satisfied with uh, a ring out of one of those fifty cent machines because I was I had zeal for my cause and I I was just looking for sign on the dotted line and you know put the ring on her finger and vanish. But uh, so uh, so that's a precious thought then that sense of of uh, zeal. I have set watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace, day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. And give him no rest, give him no silence, until he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Go with me over to Zechariah chapter 8. <clears throat> Mike was quizzing me the other day on... Uh, uh, to list the 66 books off the top of my head. And I was doing pretty good till I got to uh, past, like, you know, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, and then it kind of <laughs> Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> After a while, I was just sort of just throwing names out desperately. He was like, yep, that's there. Okay, next. <laughs> like, no, you already guessed that one. Thanks. Uh, so, Zechariah, of course, is right on towards the end here. One of the bigger books on towards the end of the Old Testament. But, you know, that what we just read in Isaiah had the sense with it of that that jealousy. Because God is, is jealous over over his people. Uh, you know, he, he, he talks throughout the Old Testament about being jealous for his name and, and how he he does these things uh, for his own namesake, uh, and uh, uh, so he talks about that a little bit more again here in uh, uh, Zechariah eight, and I'm just going to start in verse one. Again, the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, "Thus saith the Lord of hosts: I was jealous for Zion with great jealousy, and I was jealous for her with great fury." Now, Zechariah prophesied in the post-Babylonian exile period. He overlapped with Haggai. Of course, Haggai challenged the people to, uh, he said, you know, is it time for you to live in your, your sealed houses and, and the, the house of the Lord lay waste. And so Zechariah uh, overlapped his ministry, but it was more on towards the end and beyond. So... Uh, so he's looking back then, and and God is talking about. Um, I believe he's talking here about 
how God felt at the state of His people um, having uh, having brought uh, the consequence to them of, of deporting them all to Babylon because uh, his whole his whole purpose with this this chosen people was for the whole world to see that God had a people that that He would take care of, and that if you belonged to Him and you could, then He would take care of you, because the He never intended for this uh, the Jews to exclude the rest of the world from uh, from being a part of the congregation of the Lord. He, he makes all kinds of provisions in the law for anyone to come and be a part of it. But you had to be circumcised and you had to keep the covenant. And uh, so to to have to then take his people down to this place of pretty much the bottom of the barrel, this rock bottom place, uh, you know, obviously it wasn't something that God took pleasure in doing. It, it was a, a necessity, of course. But he says, I was jealous for Zion with great jealousy. And I was jealous for her with great fury. Because here Israel had reached its zenith under Solomon. And then just sort of declined, declined, declined until they weren't even a nation anymore. And they were just, they were this scattered people. And uh, everybody looks down their nose at the scattered people who, who once were mighty. And so... Uh, so God says, I was jealous for Zion. And the interesting thing about him saying for Zion is because, of course, Zion is that that uh, uh, that place that is that is his his people is where he dwells. <clears throat> Thus saith the Lord, I am returned unto Zion, and I will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth. And the mountain of the Lord of hosts, a holy mountain. So that jealousy that, that God is talking about uh, in the world right now is for this very thing. That, that he wants his church to be a city of truth. And, that, and he wants it to be uh, a holy mountain. And so all the, all the, uh, the cultural relativism that has crept into the church, all the... The, uh, um, all the world that has crept into the church, and all the flesh that's crept into the church, God is jealous because that's not what He had. That's not what it should be, and, and and He doesn't want His people to love anything but what is what is real, and and that would be Him, because He said, "My name is jealous." And so he is jealous over over his people. He's jealous over his name, and uh, what he wants is is truth. He says, "Thus saith the Lord of Hosts: There shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, every man with his staff in his hand for age. And the streets of the city should be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. Wouldn't it be nice if the United States was like that, where you could just let the kids go play?" Outside and not be worried about them. I uh, was uh, playing with uh, Zoe and Emily the other day, while keeping an eye on them rather, and uh, we're walking down the the street there in Ottawa, and this guy drives by in a truck with a Spider-Man mask on. Twice, 
I kind of did a double take at him. You know, he sort of nodded at me like nothing was unusual about that. So Emily kept hoping he would drive by again because, after all, he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But I thought, I'm really glad I'm out here because that's just weird. And, uh, you know, because actually uh, I was, Mike and I were both inside and the ladies had gone off to the store and... uh, I thought everybody was playing out back, you know, where in the relative safety of the backyard. I go outside and looking around in the front yard, and the girls are, like, down the street by themselves, which they they knew they weren't supposed to be. And, uh, you know, but it's like, man, to think of, even just when I was a kid, I wouldn't have really thought much of that. You know, I, I, had, I had these little boundaries when I was a kid, and then one day they just sort of, they just let me go anywhere I wanted to go as long as they let them know where I was going. And uh, to look back just, you know, 20, 30 years or whatever and to think of just how different things are, I wouldn't consider. You know, when, when Mike and Sarah lived in Baldwin, they didn't live very far from us, but I wouldn't even consider for a moment letting my kids, uh, like, walk over to their house or, or, like, ride their scooters or whatever. Still too, no. So it's interesting because he talks about there being old men and women in Jerusalem and the streets of the city full of boys and girls playing in the streets. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If it be marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, should it also be marvelous in my eyes, saith the Lord of hosts? And it's an interesting word, marvelous. It's like hard or uh, uh, incredulous almost. It's like if, 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 if this is so unbelievable... Do you, do, you, do you think that it's unbelievable to me? Do you think this is a not a doable thing for me to do? Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. They shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, let your hands be strong, you that hear in these days these words by the mouth of the prophets, which were in the day excuse me, that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, the temple might be built. So he's saying, remember the things that Haggai had to say. For before these days there was no hire for man, nor any hire for beast, neither was there any peace to him that went out or came in because of the affliction. For I set every man, I set all men, everyone against his neighbor. That sounds like today. But now I will not be unto the residue of this people as in the former days, saith the Lord of hosts. For the seed shall be prosperous. The vine shall give her fruit. The ground shall give her increase. The heavens shall give their due. And I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. And it shall come to pass that as you were a curse among the heathen, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you and you shall be a blessing. Fear not, let your hands be strong. So we, as we look around this, you can see, you know, we're, we're kind of in this... Uh, Sort of like how he was talking here about uh, there not being any peace in the in the, the world around us and stuff, and and God is a keeper of His people uh, for sure. But he talks here about <coughs> uh, looking beyond today, looking beyond the the here and now uh, to the things that that He has for us. And he says, "For uh, thus saith the Lord of hosts." Verse 14, as I thought to punish you when your fathers provoked me to wrath, saith the Lord of hosts, and I repented not, 
So again have I thought in these days to do well unto Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Fear ye not. These are the things that you shall do. Speak every man the truth to his neighbor. Execute judgment of truth and peace in your gates. And let none of you imagine evil in your hearts against his neighbor. Love no false oath, for all these things are things that I hate, saith the Lord. So so he goes, he takes it back to um, right actions. Yeah. And and he, he says, I'm going to I'm going to do good to you, but here here's what I expect. And uh, you know, uh, I know we've talked about that a lot around here, because you're you know, your righteousness comes, your justification comes by, by faith in Him. But He has these expectations uh, of how you're going to live. And, uh, you know, God is a rescuing God. And He'll rescue you again and again and again. But you don't want to have to go down this this same kind of road that, that they went through, that, that He's talking about here. And, uh, and you don't have to, because the Bible said that these things are for our admonition. And so we can look at these things and we can learn from them. And uh, 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 and it's interesting because, you know, to me this this talks about about jealousy too, not just here in the second verse, but all through here he talks about um, doing good to his people uh, because he's he's jealous for them. And, and, and how he talks about in verse 17, about uh, treating your neighbor right and, and doing right because it makes you jealous when somebody starts uh, speaking ill of somebody that you love. And, and then you, you find yourself being consumed again and you're thinking about you know tearing parts of them off and things like that. And, and so um, you know, God wants that kind of fervor and enthusiasm, that sort of zeal for his church in us, not just for the church as a whole, but in, uh, for the individuals, for your neighbor, because uh, God loves them, and and He wants to let that He wants you to let that love grow up in you, so that you love them like He loves them. You know, uh, and we we have this example that Jesus gave us. He He wore His zeal like a cloak, and and He wasn't going to let anything stop Him uh, from the, doing the thing that God sent him to do because he had zeal, but he was also jealous, just like Elijah was jealous uh, for for the Lord. So uh, the the important thing to understand is that uh, you know this the sense of zeal and jealousy. It's 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 like love. It's you you can you can choose actions that that will move you that direction but uh, um, you know a, a, an emotion uh, or uh, you know this, this sense of uh, this way of thinking uh, is not something that you can just manufacture and and so you know uh, in James he said if you lack wisdom then ask of God and and I think you could insert just about anything in there uh, that, that God would uh, would tell you that He wants in your life. If any of you lack zeal, then let Him ask of God. If anybody, if any of you lack jealousy, uh, then let Him ask of God. And if any of you lack the, the uh, that 
burning fervor of the love of God in your heart, then then let him ask of God. And uh, you know, that, that, of course, is the solution to uh, everything that you find in your life is take it to him, take it to God in prayer, and just lay it out before him because he already knows. But he likes to have you come talk about it. You know, yesterday, uh, Jeremy wanted to watch some TV, but he kind of came around the back door. He's like, you know, it's probably not a good time to watch TV because of X, Y, and Z, and, and so forth. And <clears throat> kind of looked at him and was like, are you asking to watch TV, or or are you just making an observation? Uh, and he kind of got this look like, oh, you got me. It's like, because if, you, if you're wanting to ask, just ask. I'm, I'm good with that. Just ask me. So he asked me. So I said, sure, we could do that. That'd be fine. And, uh, you know, God, God already knows what you have on your on your heart. He knows what you're thinking when you show up, before you show up, in fact, to the prayer closet. He, he already knows what you're thinking about. He knows what you're going to ask him. But he wants you to ask him. And... Uh, you know, so if you find, you know, you find that sense of zeal lacking in your life, then it's really that simple. Uh, it's you know, God, I, I don't see that in me. I want it in me. And if you you want to get good and stirred up, then just read the news, and it'll stir you up, make you jealous for the Lord God of hosts. And uh, but you know, it it really does. Uh, you know, makes you want to makes you want to see the church be what God has always intended for it to be, so that the world would have that lighthouse to see. And so, Jesus, we we thank you for your word to us, and God, all of us uh, want that zeal, that jealousy for you, God, more and more of it, Lord God. God, when you love someone. Uh, it's hard not to be jealous over them, God. So I pray for the love to just fill us up, God, and not just uh, this this topping off of a vessel that's already full of stuff, God, but but get out those things that are worthless and, and make room for that love that that comes from you, that 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 zeal, that jealousy that comes from you, Lord God. I uh, am in agreement with every person in this place, God, that you would indeed. Establish Jerusalem of praise in the earth, God, physically and spiritually, Lord God. That uh, God, that that prophecy in Zechariah ends with saying, with talking about people coming to seek you from all over the world and taking hold of someone that belongs to you, saying, "We want to go with you because we've heard that God is with you." God, make your church that again. God, cause us to, to be that very thing. God, that, that is the seed that we came from, and that is the the original uh, bolt of cloth that we were cut from, God, that came from Pentecost. And God, I pray that you would uh, get everything else that is less than that out of us, get it out of our life, get it out of our thinking, get it out of our vision, and uh, cause our vision to be that which uh, you have ordained. Lord God, that uh, we would look towards these very things. God, we pray it and ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.